0: Welcome to another installment of our uh, podcast for EDUC. Uh, this one is going to be EDUC uh, 660. Uh, our lesson is 3.4. Uh, the discussion is self-paced learning and differentiation. Uh, there was a lot going on in Lesson 3.4 and Discussion 3.4, we're kind of going to cover a couple topics, Uh, self-paced classroom, Uh, we're going to look, we're going to talk about a video that we watched, Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a a nice article uh, from Stanley, uh, five surprising results of a self-paced classroom, Uh, we're also going to refer to the uh, course text. Uh, The course text, uh, How to Differentiate Instruction in Academically Diverse Classrooms by Carol Ann Tomlinson, um, specifically looking at chapters two and four. Um, We're going to delve a lot into, we're going to touch on two, but go a lot into four. I'm going to refer to the book over here as, as we talk about it tonight. Okay, so let's get into this. One of the assertions uh, that was made in Chapter 2 of the textbook is that even with highly quality curriculum and instruction, students do not all learn at the same pace or at the same level of understanding. So we're going to talk about to what extent can self-paced learning provide equity for learners. We're going to discuss uh, three metaphors of teachers in Chapter 4 of the course text. Uh, on pages 38 and 39, if you have the book and you want to look at it. Um, And we also want to look at in this chapter on pages 37 and 38, uh, there's 18 skills that teachers who learn to differentiate instruction effectively are likely to exhibit. So out of them, um, I'm going to talk personally, and I'm going to talk about two of them that I think I do well and two, that I think I do not do well, all right? So uh, let's get right into it this evening. First thing, let's talk about that uh, video. So the video that we looked at, it's a YouTube video. It was about five minutes long, it was a discussion. Um, The speaker was uh, Adrienne Rose. Uh, She laid out her plans to implement a self-paced classroom. Basically, uh, I think she said, uh, I'm going to give you a four-minute crash course on how to do it. A background was that uh, Adrienne a, is a special ed teacher, and she found three years ago she had six children in the class, and that was fine. And then over the next two years, now she's up to 18 children. And so since the class has grown exponentially, of course, the needs of the students have grown as well, and they don't all have the same ability as well so she kind of with her with her co-teacher developed this idea for self-paced learning to take place and it it's it was pretty good video to be honest with you uh she laid out pretty quickly didn't drone on for too long um basically she she allowed some things such as uh there's a lot of freedom in the classroom basically gives the students a five-day plan which i did like uh, in the five-day plan, uh, there's going to be three days of the work, three days of the week where they're going to strictly work on their work. Um, and what that looks like depends on the the learning style of the student. If you want to sit with the teacher and listen to the teacher teach, go right ahead. If you want to kind of go in and out with your computer and with the teacher, go right ahead. And then if you just want to be kind of left alone and to your own device and uh, literally, you can sit in the back of the room and work on your uh lessons via your computer in a blended model so kind of interesting um you know for me i'm stretching my brain here trying to think about how that looks in kindergarten but certainly she was she was talking about middle school uh, and i can certainly see it in middle school because i know even in our school uh we have fifth grade teacher who's been doing this for years so uh not impossible all right so uh looked pretty good. And then the fourth day, they kind of opened it up a little bit, do a form of, uh, you know, um, where they would do a, like a choice board or they would do some stations and they would, they would get some practice in with each other, collaborative learning. Um, what they were getting ready for was an assessment. So there still is an assessment on the fifth day. Uh, You know, there's traditional paper and pencil assessments, uh, but she certainly said that she likes to move closer to the project-based learning. So uh, I know that probably is a better idea with this style of teaching as well. So me personally, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to think, how do I do this in my class? Uh, How do I start something that I've never done? So I'm kind of soaking all of this in so that's basically what her her video was uh very good very good video i highly recommend it uh then we were looking at stanley's article uh, and i really did like stanley's article too uh stanley's article was called uh five surprising results of a self-paced classroom uh by katherine stanley uh november 5th 2019 And basically what Stanley was saying was, first thing for people like me, she talked about what is self-paced learning? Uh, Self-paced learning differs from the traditional teacher-led whole class lessons in that it allows students to use materials and resources to customize the way they learn in class. Uh, The self-paced method allows students to design their own learning experience, not only at their own pace, but according to their own interests, and learning preferences. The role of the instructor is to provide guidance, feedback on proficiency, and tailor the learning environment to the student's needs. I love that, I love that. So uh, basically, she just gave you like a a dry run. She said, choose the activity, put it in a Google doc, give an overview of the unit, uh, highlight the learning goals that each each student should hit. Basically, it was really clear and concise. Again, like the uh, YouTube video, it wasn't overwhelming, especially for someone like me who has not done this before. All right, I've heard of it, never done it. So basically, you know, it looks like something I I, I can get started with. Um, really talked about what I liked about Stanley's article is at the bottom. She basically just put five benefits of self-paced learning. Number one, there's movement. Uh, students can move around the classroom. They can they're free to move around, get to another spot. Um, you know we're not sitting at desks in rows and all facing one direction and uh following the sage on the stage i love that organization both teacher and students have to get organized here uh so if you're an unorganized teacher it kind of is going to put you in that box to get yourself organized and for children yeah uh if they they don't have those organizational skills they're going to have a little bit of a problem with this so yeah, the the water might be a little muddy at first, uh, might be tricky to navigate, but I think it's a a work in progress. And the more that the students do it, and the more they get comfortable and acclimated with this with this type of learning, they're going to get organized. Number three. Uh, more time for relevance an amazing thing happens in the classroom where students select their own learning goals they collect their materials and they know where to find additional supplies they independently engage with their technology without a barrage of logistical questions the teacher now has some time to work with the students one-on-one to foster student understanding and critical thinking skills and I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit because That hit home for me because that's something I brought up throughout our last couple courses as well. I need time to find for my students one on one, not speaking to 30 of them. I need to have those little conversations where we can really find something to hone in on a skill. And we can move on it. Uh, I I find I have a problem with that in the classroom. So that really hit home for me. Number four was quick results. doing everything there, when they're done, they submit their work, it comes right to you. So it's definitely quick. And number five, again, that's going to piggyback on what I was just talking about. What I lack, I feel, is effective personalized feedback. Um, When you would do a prior assessment, you would do a big math test, you would do a big reading test, you would do something big, and a teacher would collect it. And then hopefully in a week or two, I would be able to grade it and get it back to you. But the immediacy has been lost. And If we're covering a certain topic and then i don't talk to you about it for another week or so i really didn't i really didn't pounce on it and i really didn't attack i didn't strike while the iron was hot right there so uh i did like stanley's article and i especially like those benefits that she had mentioned about the self-paced learning all right so both the youtube video and the and the article by stanley I, i felt were very beneficial all right next The course text by Tomlinson, How to Differentiate Instruction in Academically Diverse Classrooms. In Chapter 2, she asserts that even with highly quality curriculum instruction, students don't learn at the same pace or same learning level of understanding. So we need to think about to what extent that self-paced classroom can provide equity for all students. I actually think this is a pretty easy solution. Uh, The way I plan to attack the self-paced classroom when I do it, even though I'm going to do it in kindergarten, is everybody's going to have to meet those learning standards? That's that's going to be my baseline. Um, that's really going to be a non-negotiable. Self-paced is actually going to. I'm going to flip this around. I, I want to think about those kids who I feel I hold back, or the kids who we know there's something more to them and they can't get it out because we have to keep, you know. Teachers say we, we keep spinning our wheels and we, you know, we go back to the beginning. Um, I actually want to really look at it from their perspective, where, they, where the kids who need more from me are going to get more here. So uh, what my plan really is to do is where the children who are ahead and a bit faster, I want to see how far they can actually stretch those wings and fly. Uh, I plan to try it for a unit or two later towards the end of the year when I, I think they'll have a little more independence, especially that high group. Uh, Dr. Ainsley asked us to look at the three metaphors. Uh, the teachers in chapter four, the Tomlinson book on pages 38 and 39. Uh, she describes the teacher as director of the orchestra, then the teacher as the coach, and lastly, the teacher as a jazz musician. Um, these three metaphors are very interesting, and it depends on what angle you're looking at them. Um, As to what your opinion would be, honestly. So, the first one is the teacher is the director of the orchestra. Uh, the director of the orchestra knows music intimately, can interpret it elegantly, and pull together a group of people who play different instruments. Basically, at the end, it says the director of the orchestra guides, supports, and brings out the performance, but it's the musicians, not the director, who really make the music. So, I thought about, well, that's just like the teacher. The teacher kind of lays all the groundwork puts all the puts all the players in place but our students do the work all right we lay down the foundation we we lay down the groundwork and we kind of put a game plan together which goes into metaphor two as a teacher as a coach we put a game plan together based upon our curriculum based upon our prior knowledge based upon our materials uh, but our students do the work and I think it's really really important uh, and not every student's going to get there at the same time. Uh, some are going to be good. Some are not going to be as good. Some need a little bit of help. And heck, that's that's what we're here for, right? Um, so interesting. All right. Uh, and lastly, Dr. Edson asked us to take a look at uh, page 37 of the Tomlinson text. Pick out a couple skills uh, that teachers who learn to differentiate their instruction effectively are likely to exhibit. Pick out two that we're not so i i actually picked the first two um lead students to think about and contribute to the establishment of a classroom that works well for everybody i i think i do that i and i think as a kindergarten teacher i think you have to be a rah-rah kind of person you have to be positive with everything i think i treat my little ones uh, as if we're a team we support each other in in, in many ways uh, i offer I, I, I often find that what I do is I even have the kids working together, not just the ones that sit together, but I'll move them around. Um, so I can put maybe one of the higher kids with the lower kid. Uh, I can, put I can put a boy with a girl. I can put two different ethnicities together. Um, that way they kind of see that it's one group. It's not 30 individuals, it's 30 individuals, but we are led and we are moving as one. So I I think I do a pretty good uh, job of that uh, as far as that goes. And the second was to organize and focus the curriculum on information, understanding and skills that are critical for student engagement. Basically to me, it sounds like uh, that the teacher is using his or her own discretion, which I love. To weed out the stuff that's really not that important, and the stuff that is important, uh, really to focus in on those things the student will need in the future. I think I do a pretty good job of that as well. Um, I find that I move more towards uh, nonfictional text. I find that I use more social studies and science in the classroom as compared to just what we would independently call reading, uh, although, Pennsylvania Standard. Uh, in Philadelphia right now, is calling for 120 minutes of reading a day. Kindergarten, that's a lot. So I kind of throw it in and kind of make it some science and social studies as well. That way the students have some background knowledge. Uh, the two skills that I don't think I'm good with, uh, that's always tough to look at something and think about what you're not good with. So um, providing students with useful feedback. I mentioned that earlier in this podcast. I wish there was more time i don't know even though i've been around 100 years teaching i don't know where you get that time i don't know where you find that time with the kindergartners unless you're giving up your your prep time or your lunch time or your recess or you're coming in early or staying late and asking for uh parent conferences finding those times to really sit down with the with the five or six year old is hard because you're There's 29 other five and six year olds in the class, and they're all very demanding. Um, And the last thing I wanted to say was uh, organizing uh, learning materials and space so that students can readily access what they need without disturbing the work of the others. I find that a daunting task as well, because the the room, no matter how big it is, you still have 30 bodies in it, uh, plus a teacher and a resident teacher. So you're talking about 32 people in one room. So really any way that that you're Arranging your classroom, you're still going to be bumping into each other. You're still going to, there's still going to be noise. We try to control the noise. We try to control the chaos. But certainly, uh, organizing a space that's so that everything is available, I think that's a pretty daunting task. So those two, uh, I wish I could do better at. So to wrap up the podcast, uh, after looking at all the material that we listed today, I do plan to implement a form of self-based. Later this year, I just kind of have to get my feet wet. I'm just going to jump in and figure out one little unit that I'll do. Um, And I do have to say, I am very lucky. I'm lucky enough to have a real strong administration. Uh, My administration is the kind that's going to allow me to take those chances. You know, I'll say, hey, I'm working on this and I'd really like to try it. And they'll look at me and they'll go, all right, go ahead. You know, make sure it gets done. And um, they allow me to take those chances because I think ultimately they know if I'm willing to try something, it's for the betterment of the students might make me a better teacher. I might learn something from it. And if I do, it'll pass on to the students. So ultimately I'll become a better teacher and our students will become better. And I think, uh, if you're in this field, I think that's what we're all in it for. We want to be better because we want to leave our children in a better position than we got. So, um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I know it was a little bit long. Uh there was a lot of material that I, I did want to cover this evening. Um and hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank you very much.